Hi everybody, this is David Thompson from Aviva here and this recording is a follow-up to the recent Sea uh, Trade webinar uh, which we sponsored, which was called From Digital Shipyard to Digital Ship, Unifying Data Silos to Create Actionable Insight. Um, this is a rare opportunity to really reflect on a discussion that's already happened and to perhaps come back with some more uh, insight and some more information, hopefully that's useful to you. I personally found the discussion we had very interesting. We were able to bring together representatives from ship management, um, ship um, equipment suppliers um, and service providers to the industry, as well as uh, technology providers, of course, uh, in the form of Aviva and TechBinder. And I think we had a good discussion um, that was, and the questions we had really showed that um, we were uh, talking about an interesting topic. So the background of this topic, and this is something that um, Aviva, of course, helped to put together, is that there's been um, digital transformation of the marine industry, uh, in particular in the shipbuilding side of things over the last uh, three or four decades, where the industry moved you know, from paper drawings to digital, and then from 2D to 3D. And then the manufacturing industry, of course, has become highly automated. And uh, we had this webinar because we think that a similar thing is going to happen in the operations of, of maritime vessels. Um, so namely that a lot of the processes that take place will become digital. Many of them have already, um, but broadly across the industry. And that ship operations is going to enter uh, really uh, an era where everything is going to be data driven. So again, this has somewhat happened in the shipbuilding and project execution side of things, but it's something which we believe is just, uh, we're just at the beginning of in the operation side of things. And we wanted to really bring across some of our insight um, from what's happened in that project execution side of things um, and into that operations area where we think this sort of second wave of digital transformation is gonna happen. So the background, uh, is that in the, the project execution side, the shipyard side of things, um, many of the processes are digitalized and there are what I call componentized um, processes. So you take the design process, you take the procurement process, you take some of the fabrication process and they're individually fairly digitalized in that the process is um, executed and captured in some form of uh, IT system. Um, but the thing that's the next thing that's really happening in the project execution side of things is integration across those uh, components, those individual departments, if you like, of the shipyard. Um, we've also wanted to bring in some of our knowledge um, that we've gained in the oil and gas industry, where the life cycle. So, if you if you think of the uh, the life cycle of an asset as a process in a sense is also beginning to be integrated and we're seeing some of those information silos that are very prevalent in a typical EPC project uh, being kind of closed off and bridged and moreover even uh, closed off across the complete life cycle phase into operations. So um, that's something we've got a lot of experience with. That's something that I think was relevant to the discussion. Um, and then, of course, we moved on to 
really what's happening around uh, data in the operations phase. I think that um, some of the bigger players, of course, are quite advanced in their data acquisition and data analyzing um, programs. But the, the general gist is that the industry as a whole is, is not very advanced. Um, so most of the industry players are really beginning the journey to start to collect data, um, starting to visualize that data and therefore understand it. And this is a topic uh, that Juan brought up on our, our call. Um, and uh, the industry isn't really at the place where um, the operational insights are really being delivered yet across the board. Um, we, we often make the comment in the marine industry that we're very conservative and very slow. Um, however, I don't think that's really the case. I think uh, when it comes to gathering real-time or collecting operational data, then doing things with it, um, many industries are really just at the, the edge of that. So I've got an, an anecdote from a, a friend of mine who works for a large um, aircraft um, maintenance company. And they really, uh, despite op uh, operating probably 20% of the world's fleet or maintaining 20% of the world's fleet, they um, have only now started their data collection and data analysis program in, in earnest. So I was very surprised that that's not the case in the industry, in the aerospace industry. And just to clarify, um, of course, uh, OEMs, the equipment manufacturers, are collecting data. Rolls-Royce, of course, GE, Power by the Hour, those companies, of course, are doing condition monitoring. Um, and they've been doing that for quite a while now. But the, the fleet maintenance companies, the companies who are responsible for the whole aircraft, are not doing that or they have not been doing that in the in the past until very recently. So there's a very similar story that um, transfers across to the marine industry, it seems. Um, equipment OEMs, uh, of course, those uh, large engine manufacturers have been collecting data for many years. They use that data for condition monitoring. Um, it turns out that they're not using that data yet really for, for a very advanced predictive maintenance. Um, but of course, when you have a huge data set like they do, uh, that's one of the obvious things to do with it. Um, but now we're seeing the industry um, in a wider sense, moving into other types of equipments um, and monitoring those things because the, the price and the uh, availability of the technology and the software needed to, to monitor things has is, is really um, come down a lot. It's become much more accessible. So we're seeing a sort of broad um, uh, start, if you like, initiation of monitoring many more types of equipments on board vessels. And at the same time, we're seeing a broader um, initiative from owners or ship management companies to monitor more holistically the vessel. So not only those equipments for individual condition monitoring, but to start to monitor um, a variety of different systems on board the vessel. And of course, to look for operational insights from um, that broader set of information. And the general trend there is that, uh, and this goes back to the shipyard story of, of the silos, um, that ship operations or ship management companies um, are really just starting that journey by collecting the data that they already produce. Um, so we had a discussion about this on the call. Um, that uh, you know, do you do you start by collecting data, or how do you know what sensors to to put on your vessel? 
Um, quite often, the vessel is generating a huge amount of information. As we mentioned before, OEMs are, are collecting information from major systems on board the vessels. Um, and for owners, operators, management companies, and even shipyards who are operating fleets, which is a kind of a new trend these days, um, it makes sense to really start by collecting uh, the data that you already generate. Um, and of course, this immediately gets into discussion about who owns the data. And of course, it's, it's different every time. And I think there are different ways to uh, work around the problem. Um, but essentially, um, you know, an OEM might say, I own the data on the main engine. Um, and uh, they will be collecting that on that piece of equipment itself. But there are ways around that to collect data from, uh, for example, a pipe that is not built into the main engine, uh, but that is uh, directly <coughs> connected to the main engine, for example. Uh, there's no reason a shipyard or a ship operator can't put an additional sensor on one of those lines and start to collect fuel consumption data, for example. So um, that seems to be the big uh, thing just now is start by collecting that data, um, start by collecting what you already produce, um, several of the, the panelists um, brought up you know, the concept of um, start by doing visualization, so basically understanding the data that you've got. Um, TechBinder being quite interesting in that space because they really want to push owners to um, co start collecting data as soon as possible. And they've got a very competitive, scalable offer to make that attractive to ship operators. Um, because they know that once you start collecting data, you will get these uh, insights from it. Um, so again, um, circling back, there was a, a discussion really to say that, okay, um, what, what, what insights am I looking for? And I think um, when you start by collecting some key data around fuel consumption, around sh ship position, or uh, ship operation mode, for example, you very quickly start to understand uh, certain things about the operational profile of the vessel or the fuel consumption of it. So there are usually some very um, obvious quick wins from the, that very first data harvesting and visualization activity, which seems to be the, 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 the main uh, push in the operation side of things. The discussion then moved on to, um, okay, what would be the next step? So once you've started to collect some key data or data that you already produce, uh, what's typically the next step. Um, and several of the participants talked about um, joining up the data or looking at more uh, connections between the data. So, um, for example, the context of, of a piece of data. Um, and this is where I think we start to get into what's typically called sort of industry 4.0. So you're starting to not only collect an individual piece of data and look at it, so that's for me still a kind of silo, so information about the fuel consumption, information about the uh, the electrical consumption of, a, of, a, of a, a fan, for example. But when you start to look at the relationship between data uh, that's generated, then um, things get more complicated, of course, because you have to understand the quality of the data. You have to understand the quality of the, the connection or the, the, the link between data. Uh, but then you can start to apply the more advanced analytics and start to understand uh, how variables are affecting your, your operational uh, performance. So this is kind of phase two, if you like, which I think is very interesting. And then phase three might be 
um, just an extension of that. So connecting more data sources, um, looking for more patterns between data. And I think um, it really just uh, the, you know, the, the, the world's a limit there in terms of how complex you may need to go. And again, it depends on the type of vessel and the type of operations you've got. Um, so that was the, the real core of the discussion we had. Start by collecting data. Um, it's affordable these days. It's um, scalable. It's easy to retrofit onto vessels. Um, you, if you apply some good visualization, and of course you need the right people to help you to do that, you will start to really see um, quite quickly some some get some insight into your operations and probably get an ROI on that very, fairly quickly. And it will confirm perhaps some of those intuitive feelings that the crew might have or uh, that various people involved in the operation might have. Um, yeah, and step two is start to look at the sort of uh, the linkage between information, the context of information and how that can give you deeper insights and uh, cause and effect kind of relationship. Uh, again, that will just start to give you even bigger types of uh, benefits. And at this point, I think um, Tuss from um, Toys from uh, Rikon was saying that, you know, this is when you start to connect information and, and, and understand the, the linkage between it, um, you're really getting into the, the, the place where as an equipment supplier that you can start to offer some really valuable services around that. So yeah, you maybe have the confidence to provide equipment by the hour, for example. Um, something else I wanted to bring into the discussion, which which came to mind during our panel, but I wasn't able to talk about due to time, was that um, there's a very interesting framework which the research company Gartner have created called um, Digital Business Platforms. So if you Google Gartner Digital Business Platforms, you'll get a white paper, and they've got a, a, a kind of Venn diagram essentially that shows some um, intersecting circles and they're talking about um, the platform that's needed to support a digital um, company, a digital enterprise. And they've got a very generic model that they say can be applied to most industries. Um, and those intersecting circles represent the different areas of a business where you need a digital business platform. So they have uh, on the right hand side of this diagram a circle which um, has the title employees and inside the circle it says information systems platform. So this is the IT platforms that you need to support the employees of your company. So in ship operations that might be crew management system, um, for example, it might be um, your maintenance management, for example, so things that are involved in the execution of your business. Um, the next circle along in the middle is the partners, um, titled partners, and inside the circle it says ecosystems platform. So this is typically the platform that allows you to collaborate with um, the partners that you have. So for a large ship operations company, those partners are going to be um, fuel suppliers, they're going to be um, data providers of various sorts, they're going to be um, equipment suppliers, of course, class society. And, and these days you need a, a platform to support those interactions um, with uh, those kind of partners. It could be a digital twin based platform, for example. Um, there's then the customer um, experience platform. 
on this diagram it's on the left and that's typically where you deal with your customer so again depends if you're an equipment supplier that might be your customer portal how you allow them to use an app for example to submit a, um, a spare part uh, requisition for example uh, if you're a ship uh, operator um, your customer could be um, the person who's got transports uh, goods to be transported etc etc but again uh, these days, typically, there's a platform associated with that. So it could be as simple as a customer relationship management system, Salesforce. Um, and I think you can see where I'm getting here. But the, one of the core platforms that the Gartner um, Digital Business Platforms white paper mentions is really in the middle. Um, and that's called the platform of things. So that's where we, of course, um, see our Internet of Things. And that platform in itself has got to have, of course, uh, edge computing. So the ability to connect two devices. Um, it's got to have historians, so the ability to store time series data. It's got to have, um, you know, various uh, what we call operational technology systems to support that kind of data harvesting and monitoring and control of equipment. And you can see that for a vessel, this is something that typically doesn't really exist. Um, but it's one of is going to be one of the key platforms for operating vessels in the future, we believe. Um, and of course, as they go into autonomous or simply more efficient operations, this uh, things platform is really key. Uh, but the final thing I want to mention about this platform, um, the on the Gartner Digital Business Platforms diagram, is right in the centre where all of these platforms. Um, just to repeat, the employees, partners, customers, and things platforms intersect is the data and analytics platform. Uh, and this is absolutely key. So um, as I've mentioned before, there's information needed to allow your employees to do their work. So on board a vessel, it could be crew management, it could be computerized maintenance management or enterprise asset management. There's a platform for uh, your partner so it could be equipment requisition spare parts it could be class society um, platform for your customers again um, it could be um, uh, sort of uh, shipping billing uh, uh, bill of goods etc whatever needs to be shipped and then the things and i think the key thing is that um, all of these platforms generate data different kinds of data but Gartner are basically saying you should think about your data analytics in a, in a holistic way. You should think about what is the data and analytics platform that you need in order to reach out across your business and really get all of these different uh, silos connected and optimized as much as possible. So it starts to really make sense when you see this diagram, when we talk about information silos, when we talk about the different departments and the tools and the different platforms that they use today um, to consider it in this way. So I'm gonna leave you with that final comment about the data and analytics platform and thinking across the different functions of an organization. And of course, feel free to reach out to us at Aviva for any information that you might want on this topic, um, or of course, to reach out to me on LinkedIn or uh, directly at uh, aviva.com. So thanks very much for your attention, um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and that's all from me for just now. Bye-bye.